0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Created for Connection, a podcast that explores the way we become isolated from one another, but how God moves us toward connection with Him and with each other. Before we introduce today's episode, we want to acknowledge the war in Ukraine and all of those who are hurting and grieving right now. Maybe some of you who listen to this episode have relationships with people who are in Ukraine or have been involved in this war. We just want to acknowledge the sense of isolation and loss of all those people who are involved. Our prayers are with you. May God draw close to the people of Ukraine for the soldiers involved on both sides and may God bring peace and justice. So today's episode is a continuation of episode seven, God in thin places. Kevin and I are going to discuss our approaches to God and some helpful frameworks for how to draw near. To everyone listening, we're glad you're here.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Creative for Connection. I'm your host, Kevin Shelby, and I'm here with my co-host, Paul McMullen. Hey, Paul, what's going on, man?
0: Hey, Kevin. Uh, It's good to be back uh, here and good to be back with you. It's spring break week this week for my family, and so uh, that means my kids are home and currently watching tv while we podcast
1: (laughs) hopefully the hopefully the movie or show will hold out long enough where you won't get interrupted i guess
0: yeah i don't know i don't know if people want to have my children screaming in the background either because they're fighting or they want to be they're like oh i want to be on record me (laughs) daddy
1: (laughs) i listened to a podcast the other day of somebody that's very well known they has hundreds of thousands of followers and you could hear they were in a restaurant or something. You could hear people just chattering in the background the entire time. I thought it was so weird. So anyway, that is
0: weird. I wonder if they just walk around with some kind of recording device and they're like, Hey, now's a good time to record a, (laughs) record an episode.
1: I guess so. Uh, And they, I mean, it was like a planned interview. It wasn't just random. So I don't know, maybe they were at a conference or something they just couldn't get away. But, um, but yeah, we, so, so it's, we kind of ran into a, a weird thing. We had spring break last week for my older three and this week for my youngest son. So we're kind of, we kind of split there, but we went to Disney last week.
0: Ooh, that's right. Disney world. Yeah. How was that? What was that
1: exhausted. like? I'm still exhausted.
0: Why are you exhausted? Because it was not, <laughs> it was not a restful vacation.
1: no. No. Have you been to Disney?
0: Yes. And I, I know why it could be exhausting. Uh, so I, I'm guessing you got a lot of steps in.
1: Uh, we took 115,000 steps. Yeah. Yeah. 50 Whoa. over 50 miles walked.
0: Over the course of how, of how many days?
1: Six days at the parks. Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's great.
1: Yeah, and I and I gained five pounds. <laughs> How does that happen? I don't understand.
0: That's what happens when you're walking and you have a, a like a pretzel in one hand and a soda in the other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for fifty, 50 miles, That translates into eating food the entire time for sure. I mean, churros and pizzas and we had some ungodly decadent thing that my mother-in-law and my wife came back with it we were getting ready to watch the fireworks it it was it was a uh, egg roll or not an egg roll I don't it was some type of egg roll but it had a hamburger and bacon and cheese all stuffed inside of this fried egg roll it was wow. amazingly good but I had two of them that's why I gained <laughs> five pounds
0: it was the egg roll yeah. While you were in Disney World, um, we were digging up crystals in Arkansas for our spring break trip. Really? Yeah.
1: Crystal digging. Where?
0: Um, it is west of Hot Springs, and so we went for a couple days to Hot Springs. There are these different uh, areas where it's famous for crystal digging, and so we had signed up to go do this dig and um, we kind of thought there would be some kind of cave or crevice or something where you're going to go and dig. And so the, the owner like leads us out this caravan of cars because we're there with some friends and we just kind of go out into the woods somewhere and park. They're like, okay, dig as many crystals as you want. And so you're just wandering around the woods (laughs) kind of scraping the ground and seeing if you find any crystals, it was so much fun
1: did you find any
0: yeah actually my youngest son caleb came away with this huge rock it's like a a foot long rock that had crystals growing all out of it and so that 20 pound rock is now sitting in our garage and (laughs) i don't know how long it will remain there but uh we've got it
1: that's so awesome wait so you dug for crystals did you put any of these crystals in your ear to balance things out?
0: Yes. uh, Yeah. Um, So that you are referring to um, the vertigo I had (laughs) at the beginning of the season when we interviewed Josh and yeah, in
1: quotes, vertigo, the inner ear crystal issue that i
0: Right. Yeah. So yeah, technically, yeah. If you, if you read about this on the websites, if you find, you know, real crystals in Arkansas and you plunge them into your ears, then all vertigo vanishes. Yeah. Super healthy thing to do. Go for it. Oh
1: man. Well, I'm glad that you, that you took your whole family to get your vertigo fixed.
0: (laughs) I didn't feel dizzy one time, so I guess it does. it, It does work. Um, No, we had a good time as a, as a family. And, um, but now we're back. It's, uh, it's like trying to, uh, trying to live life and get stuff done while kids are on spring break. So kind of crazy.
1: Oh man, I hear you. Yeah. So, um, I know that our listeners are like, okay, guys get to the point. So we need to talk about something that's important. How is your, how's your, um, tournament bracket, your NCAA men's tournament bracket?
0: Oh yeah, so totally filled it out yesterday um, and just doing it with the family. So we'll we haven't even established the 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 betting grounds yet, but um so I I got busted on Kentucky Me and Yukon. Me too. Um, I I picked a wild card for I picked Villanova to win it all. I think really? against the Zags, yeah. I I really don't know why I picked them a lot of times, it's just the, the name and what, if, if the name has a good ring to me <laughs> during a particular year, I just go for them. Um, I, another surprise, I picked Virginia tech to go far because I watched them play Duke last week and they won. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this team has got some impressive, um, players on it. So oh, yeah. anyway, uh, yeah. what about you?
1: I'm I'm busted on Yukon and Kentucky and I've got Memphis, I've I picked Memphis and I've got them going to the championship game,
0: but they, they have to go against Gonzaga, right?
1: Yeah. They're going to beat them tomorrow. All right. I believe, it. I believe it.
0: We shall see.
1: We shall see. Um, <laughs> I, my, I have a friend that knows Penny Hardaway, the head coach of Memphis. Yeah, And uh, I, I said, Hey, tell Penny that I've got them going to the championship game and tell him if they win, I'll take him to get a steak dinner anywhere he wants, his treat.
0: Wow. You should have said uh I'll offer him free counseling.
1: (laughs) My kids said the same thing. They want (laughs) they really wanted me to offer that to him. I was like, that doesn't really people don't really go for free counseling, like, you know, very often.
0: Uh, He's a he's a former NBA player, you know. Like if he wants a steak dinner, he can probably afford. To go get him a steak dinner, but what you have to offer him, you can you can either counsel him or you can offer him an interview on a podcast.
1: I told I I did think about that. I did think about telling him, "Hey, you could come on our podcast if you win." Yeah, you won't. You just talk basketball. That's all we could. That's all we have to do.
0: There's a lot of connection that happens in basketball, for sure. For it's sure. good.
1: Good passing. <laughs> Speaking of connection, we probably should get to talking about some of the stuff that we were we were preparing for discussing today so paul when you think about approaching god in kind of the ways that that we are wanting to talk about today what are some helpful ways to frame that conversation so that the the audience kind of knows how we're thinking about this
0: yeah i I think sometimes we we assume, uh, you and I assume kind of our audience and we assume kind of a, an an approach, uh, that's similar to what you and I are going through, um, when not, maybe not everybody that, that listens to creative for connection has that background. And, and so in one sense, I want to say, uh, just like we talked about last time that, that God is closer than we think. I think that is true across the board where anybody in the world at any place, I think that, that God is, is close is accessible, um, that if you seek, you will find, I think that's a promise in, 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 scripture that I believe. And that used to be something I really wrestled with, you know, cause I imagine if I was born in, in some other place and some other culture where, um, I wouldn't have heard about Jesus that, you know, what hope was there for me? What, what I was, was I just headed to hell, you know, out of ignorance. And I really, I had to come to grips with the fact that I don't believe that is true. I believe that, that for people that are, even if they don't know what they're seeking, if they are seeking, if they are longing uh, to know God, that God will reveal himself, that God and Jesus, there's a, a passage in uh, John, I think it's 15, where he says that we'll, we'll make our home with them. We'll, we'll, we will basically make people aware of us. And um, so I put a lot of faith in that.
1: Yeah, you, you know, it, it's a different paradigm to approach God that way, because I think also there's some struggles on the other side of that. You know, if God is near, but I don't feel him near, does that mean that I'm responsible for that somehow? And the tradition that we grew up in does talk about that from a, from a place of kind of putting the the onus on us that, that there's something that we're doing because of our fallenness, because of our brokenness, that's, that's keeping us separated.
0: Yeah. And I, and when, in reality, you know, what, what I believe scripture says is that the access we have to God is ultimately on God's part. Like the access that that get that gives us the availability of his presence is all God's action. So whether we're thinking about people that don't know God yet or people that are followers of Jesus, the access is still based on God's movement toward us first before we ever do anything in response. So it's not a I'm going to earn earn that, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But um, I do want to say, Kevin, that um, we we very much believe that the the opportunity to come close to God and draw close to him is very much because of Jesus and, and that because of what Jesus has done on our behalf um, and all the ways that that is conceptualized, that that is ultimately the way that we have uh, access to draw close to God. And that, 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 that is the way that he invites us close to him and says that, that Jesus is the door. He's the gate. There's all these different ways of imagining who Jesus is and what he does but that we learn about even what it's like to draw close to God by watching Jesus and watching the way that Jesus interacts with who he calls Abba, and he he speaks out to him as father, as dad, and and, um, and that's a whole other uh, subject that we could get into. But I just wanted to say that that like that's a base assumption that you and I are working with that um, we approach God as people that have put our faith in Jesus and also feel like our access is due and because of what he has already done uh, for the world and for each of us
1: so you're saying that somehow it's not dependent on me that that my goodness or my uh, my disposition don't determine whether God comes after me because that's that's different than than the messages that I, that I got growing up.
0: I I don't know, Kevin, when you, when you think about how you grew up or you, you see people approach God, whether it's in prayer or other spiritual practices, um, what do you think is typical and, and what do you think, um, what do you think needs to be looked at and and kind of rethought?
1: Well, yeah. So just, probably the the best place to start for me in the way that I think about all of this is growing up I believed 100% and I mean this is still deeply ingrained in the way that I think about God the way I think about my faith and my walk with him but I, I was convinced and and still parts of me are convinced that the path to God is through morality that our, our righteousness not, not our um, redemptive righteousness, but like our rightness is what earns us salvation.
0: Okay. So we do the right things and that, that saves us.
1: Yeah. So, and, and if you, if we go a little bit deeper, what that looks like is, you know, don't the, the things that you don't do, don't have an affair. Don't, look at pornography, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't, uh, I don't know, kill people. Don't. So like, you know, I mean, we've got our list of things that, that we, we should not do and that it's in the refraining from doing those things. And, you know, it being in a rhythm of reading your Bible every day and, and praying every day and, um, going to church, things like that. those are the types of things that put you in right standing with God.
0: Got you. So you've got kind of a, uh, you know, a top 10 sins not to do and, you know, four or five kind of basic Christian practices to do, and then God will be happy with you. And the end result is you get to go to heaven.
1: That's right. That's right. And I I know that like if I was listening to a podcast and I heard some guys saying this I'd be like I, I don't know I'd probably roll my eyes because I think yeah 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 we've all heard this before you know don't do it right like you don't live that way you know live in relationship that's that's the right answer here
0: right uh, live in in grace we've embraced grace and and so we don't think of God that way anymore
1: yeah exactly. But I think if we all really sat with ourselves and thought about it, you know, if we went out and we interviewed people on the street yeah. and we said, Hey, what do you need to do to, to go to heaven one day? Cause I think it's like 80 or 90% of people still believe that there is a higher power. They believe yeah. that there's a God. Um, and most of those people believe that there's a, a place that we're going to go after we die. And um so if we went and interviewed a bunch of people, y- you'd hear a lot of different things, but most of it would be about being more a moral person.
0: Yeah, being a good person. Yeah.
1: And they would say, I'm a good person. Do you, you could say, Do you think you're, you know, you're gonna go to heaven? And they'd say, Yeah, I think I'm a good person. We immediately go to our goodness. Right. And I, I think we're we're naturally bent towards that. But if we take a deeper look, um, I I'm not all about like self-condemnation and that kind of thing, but I just, I think that it's misleading if we, if we think about God and and faith and relationship with him from a moral perspective, because what I see in scripture is it's just not going to get us there.
0: Right. So not, on, not only is it bad, theology in terms of bad biblical theology to say to say that basically we we earn our salvation we we earn god's favor by acting uh, acting well which i think a lot of people if you're if you're in a church setting you would agree with that even if sometimes we still act that way um but the reality is we don't actually we aren't actually that good of people even by our own, own standards
1: no we're not yeah and, yeah. and I, don't, I don't think that means that we're not good i think it means that we're not we, we're not going to make good choices right
0: and it, and i think there's a way and and i think we're in an interesting time because in, in one sense uh we want to affirm the goodness of people and we want to, it, and and you and I have talked about, you know, God created us good, like our identity as God's children, as His creation, as Im- image bearers. Is you know, God looks at creation and it's good, and even when it's marred by the fall. Um, in in Christian theology, uh, God still, I think there's a there's a baseline of we're created in God's image still, which is still a good thing, and. That's right. Um, it needs to be rescued, it needs to be redeemed. But part of that, that brokenness, uh, uh, of being created in God's image, but then having, having fallen is this reality that I do make a ton of bad choices that I do need to be, um, I, I need to be rewired. I need to be redeemed. I need to be reformed. And those parts of me that do, uh, that need that, I, in the end, there's a lot there. There's a lot that needs to be reformed. And I think a clear picture of ourselves and a clear picture, a clear assessment of the choices that we make, the motives that we have. Uh, I think the, the clear that is, we can say, yes, there's, there's good in, in me, but also there's a lot of mixed up stuff and there's a lot of, there's a lot of selfishness. There's a lot of, There's a lot of times when I really am in it for myself and I'm, I'm making poor decisions. Kevin, I'm, I'm taking some classes now Well, I'm taking uh, I'm I'm doing a master's of counseling and you know this, but, and part of what we're learning at uh, uh, the Townsend Institute is this character model where it, it talks about these four levels of character and how you kind of assess different people and where, where how they need to grow by looking at these areas of character And so, but first we're, we're supposed to apply it to ourselves. And I was just texting with some people yesterday that as I was looking through this list of, of character traits and looking at kind of what it looked like to have shortcomings in these traits, I was like, I've got shortcomings in them all, you know, and it's, and it's not just a, Hey, you need to improve. Like you're a bad basketball player. Like these are things like, I'm, I'm scared of Uh, to confront people. And so I'll respond to them passively to get what I want. I'll manipulate. So there's a, a, a bend of wrongness to it where it's, you know, whether people want to use the word sin or not, like my, my actions, my motives, my interior processes, there's something wrong with those that I, I see, and I want to develop. And I don't have to heap, I don't have to live in shame because of that. But I also need to come to grips with the reality that there's work to be done. And when people, when we don't have that uh, that reality check, then I just feel like we're we're living in a we're not living in reality. That that wasn't well said, but we're not living in reality if we don't see those shortcomings within us.
1: I, I, I will say that I think that some of what causes our struggle, our internal struggle is dissonance between our values and our behavior. I do think that causes us to struggle, right? But I don't think that that's what that bringing those in alignment, like what I believe about the world, what you know, um, how I want to follow the Lord, all of that. I don't think that bringing those into alignment, is what earns us our spot in heaven. I think what happens is we enter relationship with God and he is the one that that spends the rest of our lives, once we do that, reshaping us so that those things can come into alignment. They may never fully do so, but he's the one that starts to reshape us so they can align and it's for our sake, not his, he's not angry at us. You know, I mean I've spent a lot of time in my life picturing God as this angry being that wants to strike me down. But the more time I spend with him in prayer, like really spend with him in prayer and, and getting to know him more deeply the more I realize he's not angry with me at all. What, in in fact, what he wants me to experience with him is his love. Mm-hmm. Just like when, when I'm with my kids, the best that they, that the best times that we have are when we're experiencing joy and love with one another. And I feel a lot of guilt when I, when I, you know, yell at them or get frustrated with them. And, um, and it's because of my own internal state. Right. Right. Um, those are, those are my biggest regrets as a parent, you know, is that I can't settle myself and and be loving towards them when they need it, when they deserve it, you know, or even when they don't deserve it. Um, all of that is, That is, I think, what God is trying to get at with us is to help us understand I'm not demanding or requiring you to be perfectly moral in all the ways that you think you should be in order for me to engage in a relationship with you. It's absurd for us to think that way, honestly, because we don't have those types of standards in our relationships with each other even. I mean, we do have limitations with how far people can go and they're hurt with us, but we don't we don't put up a list to everybody and say, you, you have to do this, 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 and this in order to be in relationship with me. If we did, nobody would want to be in relationship with us right
0: uh, and it makes me think of all the times in in scripture where people really encountered God in a unique or special way where they really felt like they were in the presence of God. And usually their response is, is one of fear. There's it's one of shame. It's one of, I I don't deserve to be here. Um, I, I either need to die or you need to go away. You know, like there's this sense of, I, I, I really feel the otherness of God, the holiness the goodness of God. And I see myself in reflection and it's not good and it's not pretty. And so people expect that, that barrier there, that difference, uh, to, to push them away from God. And instead the, the response of God is to come close to them. And so you have the picture of, uh, Jesus is with, uh, Simon, Peter, early on in, in the story of the Gospels. And they have this encounter on the boat, which it, it, they play this out in the miniseries, The Chosen. And so it's, if you haven't seen it, um, there's, this is uh, depicted there in that series, I think, really well. But there, there's this miraculous catch of fish, and Simon, his response to Jesus is, you know, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And so, but Jesus's response to Simon is not to leave or not to, not to move away from him or send him away. But he says, don't be afraid from now on you will fish for people. So it's this invitation to come closer. I I think of Isaiah and the same thing. He sees this, this picture of God, and then he, he, he understands how, how broken and how, unholy he is. And God, you know, sends the angel to come and touch his lips and just purifies him and then sends him out on a mission. So the, the encounter with God is one where he takes away our fear. And I think, I think our shame as well, and says, no, I want to be near you. And then I I have something I want to partner with you. You know, it's this mission togetherness, um, that, seems to be reiterated over and over in the story of scripture.
1: Well, you know, I think it's important for us to really kind of underscore for people, maybe how we've seen, seen ourselves get it wrong in terms of how we approach God. um, And then like how he's reshaping that. Cause I think that was an important part of what we wanted to hit on. I'm thinking particularly about how we often go to God and, and you and I have shared that we have done this quite a bit in our life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We go to God in our guilt and shame. Like it, when our guilt and shame gets to a place where we're, we can't bear it anymore and we're looking for absolution. Right. Um, that seems to be one state of, of where we get in life that compels us to go get before God because we want to alleviate those feelings of guilt and shame, right? Like we want to, we want to, we want him to lift that off of us. And right. so we go to him, we, we fall on our face and and beg him for forgiveness for some sin that we've done that we're, we feel a lot of shame over or how we've hurt somebody or whatever it might be. Um, and I think that's certainly one state where we should go to God. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's, it's wrong to approach him like that. I think that, you know, it's kind of like when, uh, Nathan goes to, to David and, and tells him the story of the, of the lamb and the guy that killed, you know, his, his neighbor's lamb and David's so incensed that he gets up and he's like, who is it? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take care of this right now. And Nathan says, it's you. And he falls on his face and is immediately convicted. We, there is a storyline in the Bible about conviction, and it right. drives us to the throne before the throne of God. It's what drives us to the cross. Um, but I I don't think that that's the only time that we go to God.
0: Yeah. So so you're talking about okay. So as we approach God, and again, and if we if we zoom out, we're we're talking about our connect, you know, we're created for connection and we talk about our connection with other people. And right now we're talking about our connection with God and what keeps us from connecting well with God. And so as we, as we approach God, if it's only within the framework of, I need to get the forgiveness from God for all the things I've done wrong, if that's the only framework that we have for approaching God, there's something, there's something off with that is what I hear you saying.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, similarly, if we just go to him with our laundry list of things that we need him to fix. It's the same kind of thing, you know, I mean, when we we miss this, when we forget that this is a relationship, and Mm -hmm. we don't keep it in the context of what do our other relationships look like? You know, if I if I constantly went to my wife, and all I the only interaction that I had with her was, hey, Melissa, you know, here's the things I need you to do for me. You know, now, sometimes I do get lists from her <laughs> of things that I need to accomplish. Uh-huh. And, it, and I can tell you, if that was the only thing that I ever got from my wife, I would not be very happy.
0: No, okay? no, I,
1: I would not have a fulfilled relationship.
0: Or yeah. if you, if you went with her of a list of all the things that you've done wrong and just said, I need you to forgive me of all these things, which again is necessary and important at times. But if that, if that's like, Hey, we're going on a date night and you know, here's my, here's my list of what I've done wrong. Please forgive me. And then here's my list of things I need from you. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go home.
1: Right. Let's go home and uh, watch a movie, you know, there's no, there's no real connection there. It's one way. um, It's, it's using that person. If we did that to a person, it's using that person to lift the, whatever guilt or shame or responsibility we feel and placing it on them, you know, and, and certainly Jesus does let us do that. I mean, that, that is one aspect of what the cross was about. But it's not the only aspect. There's something much deeper that we have to go after for our relationship with God. Because, I mean, think about it like this. Eventually, you're going to get tired of going on date nights with your wife if all it is is you confessing the things that you've done wrong. Mm-hmm. you'll eventually you'll just avoid doing it all together. Probably. I don't think we were designed to have to live in that space in in any relationship in life. You know, like there's much more fulfilling ways to be in relationship with people and with God.
0: Yeah. And I think you highlighted that ultimately that still ends up being about us. You know, it's about what I need in this relationship which is important. Like there is certainly needs. And again, I don't want anybody to hear us saying that we don't approach God with what we need. We do that. Even, even the small little things. It's just like, you know, my kids asked me to open the peanut butter jar and I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to do that. That's a dad thing to get to do. I'm happy to open the peanut butter jar, but it's, that's not what builds the relationship. That's not what makes the relationship right. That's not what it looks like to connect with God in, in isolation. And so what What we're saying is we feel like framing our space with God of even how we approach God should take less of a how do I how do I earn a my salvation through doing it right and less of a um, I just what, what it means to connect with God is either to to get absolved of all my sin or just to get this list of things from him. And if if that's the case, if it's if our connection with God doesn't look like that, what do you think it should look like, Kevin? Or where do we want to move toward in, in how we approach God and our connection with Him?
1: Well, I love the example that you gave about, you know, opening a jar of peanut butter for your kid, because, you know, it, it, I immediately had this thought of this morning, you know, as I'm helping my kids get ready for school um my daughter actually asked me to open the the peanut butter jar for her and the jelly and uh but we were also talking about the ncaa tournament as as that was happening right so the request for help came in the middle of connection and relationship Mm. you know it it was part of the flow of of our family connecting with each other, not just the sole purpose of us interacting that morning, yeah. you know? So when you ask me what, what does relationship with God look like? You know, I, I have, I have been moving in my life. He's moving me to a place of, of, of believing that, that when I enter his presence, I'm there for him to remind me of who I am, for him to 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 go after my identity, to to uh, heal my woundedness, to be gentle and loving with me. and and that when I leave, I'm gonna be better than I was when i when I went into that time with him. I I think that I have seen that happen so many times now that I'm convinced that that that's where he's going to take me and that any interactions with him are going to leave me feeling less shameful and less guilty but it isn't always out of me confessing everything sometimes it's out of me hearing from him kevin this is who you are this is who i've designed you to be you know him giving me um, a picture or a word or, you know, leading me into scripture in a way that is healing to my heart and, and, and feels, um, like he's leading me beside quiet waters, you know, Mm -hmm. helping me to lie down in green pastures. I mean, getting into his presence is something that I crave because I know that I'm in a world that tells me the opposite of, of what I need. They tell me the, the world tells me to chase after all of these, these things like wealth and abundance and, um, and self-fulfillment and happiness. And I get, I can get caught up in that, especially in a place like Disney world. I mean, you really get caught up in that consumer way of living and thinking, you know, Um, which then kind of translates into this, uh, I'm not doing enough. I don't have enough. I haven't accomplished enough because I can't afford to buy everything here. I can't, we can't stay at the Swan hotel, the nicer place. You know, we can't go to this resort. We can't do universal because it's too expensive. You know, it's like, Oh man, there's all these things that I'm restricted from. I must not be doing enough in life. I must not be successful enough. And when I get back from something like that, though it was wonderful and fun and connecting as a family. I need to hear from the Lord, like, I have you right where I want you. You know, you are, you are good. I love you. You're my son. I need to get back into his presence in a way that I can hear those things. Um, rather than me being forced to go and just like, okay, God, I screwed up again, you know, in this way, and this way. Um, I, I really have gotten tired of being in that type of internal state, being forced to go to him when I feel myself in that place. We want to take a moment and thank Wellspring Process Groups for sponsoring today's episode. Wellspring is an initiative Paul launched at the beginning of 2021 that provides people with a safe place to process the experiences they're facing in life. Whether you're going through challenges or transitions, or if you need a safe group of people to share life with for a season, we invite you to join a Wellspring process group. I've been in one of these groups and it's been a life-changing experience for me. I encourage you to go to the show notes right now and contact Wellspring to find out when you can join a process group for yourself.
0: So what I hear you saying is that the more time you've spent with God and it sounds like it, we're, we're talking about prayer, but we're also, ta- I think we're talking about an interactive kind of, um, you're, you're on the, you might be in prayer on the go. Like it's, it's a, it's kind of an active sort of prayer and, um, what you've found is that when you meet God in those places, regardless of maybe what brought you into that moment, like what was your motivation to, to pray, what you end up getting in, in, in that re, in that connection is God speaking to you about your identity and God uh, reminding you of his love for you, telling you that you're his son. And so th- this is happening so much in, in terms of what you've experienced, you're like, I think this is what God wants to do when we get together that he wants yeah. to remind me of who I am. Like, this is obviously a message that, uh, that needs to keep sinking in because this is, this is what's going to transform and change me and and not just the, Hey God, I'm so sorry for all the, the, the bad ways that I treated my family this week, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, you know, I'm selfish and why can't I make enough money to go to, you know, Harry Potter world too. But uh, you know, it's, it's like, let me tell you who you son, let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you what I see when I see you. And it's just this, it's this deep loving connection moment, uh, that's shaped by identity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's, it's mysterious. It's exciting. It's joy producing. It's sometimes it's sad, you know, um, depending on what happens, but I, here, here's the other thing. I don't know what's going to happen when I get there, Mm. you know, like, I know that I might have some things that I want to, to share with him and things that I'm craving hearing from him, but I don't always know what's going to happen when I get in his presence. You know, sometimes I'll, he'll give me like a, a, an idea or a picture of something that I have no idea why it's there. And it, I mean, recently, just something that just keeps popping up in my prayer time, a picture that I don't have, I could try to interpret it for you. I could try to make some spiritual connection, but I really don't have anything that that seems to mean anything with this particular picture. Yeah and, and there's mystery in that. And I, and I sense that the Lord is saying, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you what this is, but it's not time yet. It's important for you to know it's there, but, but you'll understand why, you know, I, why I am introducing this to you slowly, rather than helping you understand it all at once. And I, I have to trust that that's, that that's true and believe that he is taking me somewhere important there. But that kind of trust is built by, by that happening more and more often and the relationship, getting closer versus like him trying to give me a picture. And the only time I ever go to him is once a week so that I can feel better. Right. I'll, I'll be likely to dismiss it if that's the case.
0: And what you're describing is really a relational d- dynamic because it, it's not one where you just go with your list or you go for the absolution or even it's not even to go and only hear about your identity. It is I go and I put myself in this place of connection and I, I'm not in control of the situation. I'm not okay. in control of what God's going to do or what Scott's going to say. What You're saying, this is what I often hear. This is what I often receive. And it's different than just absolution. It's just different than just, yes, you can have this, you can have this, you can have this. It's more about your identity. But again, it's not that you are in control of what is going to happen in that space. Just like when you go out on a date with your wife you're not in control of how your wife is going to respond or how the conversation is going to go. It's an interactive thing where you give one part and, and she gives the other. And yes, there are requests and there, there might be, you know, I'm sorry this happened earlier today. And, and the connection grows from that, but it's also just about being together. And it's about the interplay of this is my heart for you. And, Oh, this is your heart for me. And we just enjoy being in this space together And I have to think also that there's something that blesses the father's heart for us just to be in that space and sometimes not even know why we're there. And just to say like, Hey, I don't know what that picture means, but I trust that it's good. And I just, I like, I like being in this space and I I need to be in this space with you. I need to be with you, um, for my own good. Um, but I think I'm, I'm just made to be with you and I really, I love it. I'm growing to love it. And, um, That's the tasting to see that the Lord is good. And then you just want to bless Him for it. I think that turns into worship, but that's another topic for another day.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you have kids, you know, you, you and I both know how much joy can come from that relationship, how much them engaging us of their own will is such an amazing thing you know, like the smile, just the look and a smile, or, you know, just a a dad, I love you unprompted. Um, that is that, that will warm your heart in a way that you, you deeply feel and need. And, um, and I just think about like, so I grew up with uh, being taught to pray with your folded hands, you know, fold your hands and say, dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the many blessings you've given us. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. So there's a gratitude aspect, but it's, there was so much to it that was, that was wrote. you know, it was, it was, um, uh, predetermined that it, we, you almost have to like deprogram yourself out of thinking about your relationship with God, needing to look that way having to begin that way. But could you imagine if we started every interaction that we had with each other like dear paul, how are you doing today? <laughs> you know, I mean, I
0: kind of would like that. Yeah, um I'd like to change that how we interact, Kevin.
1: <laughs> now, certainly there is something really beautiful about prayers that people have written over the years or praying the Lord's prayer. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that we have to avoid rote prayer. What I'm saying though is um, the framework that we approach God from is so important. And, and he wants us to look at him like, like we long for our kids to look at us and say, I love you, dad. You know, something that is sincere, not something that is required or mandated that is what he's looking that's what he's out for and he and then in that he wants to give us good things Mm -hmm. you know i don't mean like he wants to give us a lamborghini i think he wants to he wants to give us something far more important than that and that is our identity you can't place a value on identity he wants to help us understand who we are to him yeah that's what identity is he wants us to see this is who you are to me I want you to know that. I want you to live from that place. Could you imagine what would be different in this world if we really believed that we were who God says we are?
0: Oh, it would be, it would be amazing. And I think, I think there are so many good things that come out of that, but ultimately the, just, just being able to be confident in who we are and, how that plays out into the lives of those close to us. You know, we're no, no longer just striving in our relationships and trying to get all these things that we need from other people because we have all these lacks. It's this, it's this picture, I think, of what Jesus looks like where he both is in relationship with people and receiving, but he's, he's able to pour out, he's able to love people sincerely, and he's able to tell people the truth without fear of what's going to happen because he knows who he is. He's not living based on fear anymore. And I, I think, I think there's, I think there's power in that too. I think there's power when, when he says, you can ask me for anything in my name and I'll give it to you. And, you know, you'll do even greater things than, than what I've been doing. There's some verses like that. I think that plays out in that relationship. It's like when you're secure in me, when you're connected to the vine, then the way that, that you go out and bear fruit has looks very much like. The things that Jesus did and all sorts of powerful, dynamic, miraculous things could happen, I think, when we're living out of that identity.
1: You know what I think freedom is, Paul? What? I think freedom in the kingdom of God is God telling us who we are and us believing it. I think that's that's when we're set free, truly. Mm, That's good. We believe it.
0: Well, Kevin, uh, this has been a really enjoyable conversation Yeah, and, uh, I think this is a good place to close it out for today.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I hope that our listeners are blessed by it. You know, um, maybe sometimes we, (laughs) we get too, uh, ethereal with our, with our thinking. I don't know, but, um, but I, I really, I think these are such important ideas For us to be able to reshape connection with God, because that's what we're after is helping people learn how to reconnect with God in a way that's going to be fruitful in a way that's going to be helpful for not just them getting it right morally, but them living into their freedom and their fullness that God has intended for them. And so um, there is no better place to look or start than. How do we connect with God? What does it look like to have connection with God? And if anybody has any questions about some of the stuff we talked about today or needs any resources, we have an email and you can email us and ask us questions and, um, and, and we'd be, we'd be glad to address them on here uh, for any clarification or anything like that. So, yeah.
0: And I just want to give an invitation to anyone that's listening and, uh, you, you might just feel uh, this sense of wonder, as in, I wonder what this could look like if if I approached God with an openness to, to not being in control of what could happen. And what you might try to do even today is uh, sit down and maybe, maybe you do this uh, on your own at first, but you even write out, um, God, what do you think about me? and right, God, how do you see me right now? God, what do you want me to know? And and just start start to write answers to that and see what comes to your mind. Ask him to speak to you. Ask him to be there with you and and just see what comes from that moment, that time with him. And I just think that if you're open to what the Holy Spirit might do in that simple moment of just being present with God without any uh, clear expectation of what's going to happen, but it's not just about, you know, what you've done wrong. It's not just about what you need in terms of the stuff that you need for today, but it's just that connection with him. Try that out and see how it goes. We'd love to hear back just kind of what, what those encounters are like for you.
1: Yeah. And so often people think that the only way that God is going to speak to them is through um, like an audible voice from outside of themselves and um, and I, I've i never had an audible voice outside of me you know it's always been him using pictures and um, scripture and, and you know words and that I that I see inside my mind don't expect this outside voice to come and and boom and lightning strikes and all of that like uh, he has the. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you that's working within what God has given you to understand Him, and so focus there. But um, thanks, Paul. Thank you guys for listening, and um, we want you guys to remember you are not alone.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions or thoughts on this topic, we encourage you to email us using the email address on our show notes. Also, please visit our Facebook page and share your thoughts there as well. Special thanks to Cheyenne Meadows for producing our music, and thank you to Wellspring Process Groups for sponsoring this episode. If Creative for Connection has been helpful for you, please drop a review on whichever podcast service you're using, and please share with your friends and anyone you think might appreciate these conversations. We'll see you next time.